What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new week of Texans All Access, a Monday edition from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John and Mark with you. Mark, another day of practice, a sweltering one out at the Houston Methodist Training Center, but we got through it. Now we got Texans All Access. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, Johnny. 11 on 11 stuff today in full pads was fun to watch. It was tough for the offense to get stuff going. I like the physical play. I think it was more of what we've seen in that we're seeing the defense make a lot of plays here, making their presence felt. Yes. We, t- we talk about the talent level on that side of the ball all the time. Not that there's not talent on the offensive side of the ball, but defense still ahead of the offense as far as I can see it right now. And we're still waiting for that electrifying offensive practice. We've seen some lightning bolts, but I'm waiting for the storm. There have been a couple times. You're right. Lightning bolts for sure. All right. In hockey, they do this thing called three stars. After a win, they give out right. three stars. Three stars of the game, like one, two, three, three two, one. And they, they come and they, they skate out. And third star is uh, Marcel Dion. And he comes out, hey, you know, second star, you know, Jacques Laplante. He, hey. You know, then it's Wayne Gretzky, star number one. So that's what we're going to do. Three stars that we've seen through the first five days of practice. And I don't care who you pick. I don't care. You could pick Cam Johnston because Cam's been hitting some tanks. So you could pick Cam Johnston. But we're each picking three stars from the first five days of practice. Okay. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll go defense. Okay. I'll go linebacker. And you know where I'm going with this mm-hmm. one? I do. Blake Cashman. Yes. Blake Cashman, the former New York Jet, had injury problems there, came over here last year. I think it was banged up a little last year as well. At the beginning, yeah. But he got bit. in there, and he made his presence felt. And he's one of those linebackers. Look, we haven't done our full no one's talking about this guy, guy, and impossible not to ignore guy, guy awards in the morning. And we – We'll get to that, I'm sure, because we're still relatively early in these training camp morning shows. Actually, how early are we? We're four in. We're almost halfway through, Mm -hmm. my goodness. But Blake Cashman had a pick on Sunday, had a pick on Monday, had a knockdown on Sunday. Mm -hmm. The guy is making all sorts of plays. I feel like he's got a really great grasp of this. So in practice, it's not easy for him, but he's making plays. He's finding ways to make plays. And the linebacking core is pretty thick here, particularly since you're only going to play two guys for 70%, 80% of the time because you're a nickel all the time. Blake Cashman is going to make it a really tough cut. I think he makes this team, but that means names you know have got to go. So I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but that's my first star. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know what? I'm going to follow you up with a linebacker. And I didn't get a chance to watch him completely today in pads. But I did see him pop a couple times, and that tells me something. And he's running with the ones, too, which is pretty impressive. Henry Toa Toa. There's a play today, Monday. Toss play, Damian Pierce to the right side, right? Right. I can't remember what kind of concept it was. I don't know if it's pin and pull or outside zone. Like I, I don't know. But there's all kinds of chaos. And so he's at the Mike Backer, so he's right over the center. And this play hits wide to the right, to his left. And I'm telling you, he somehow, I saw this up on the, I saw it live. I'm like, Toa Toa tagged off on him, essentially tackled him. Where did he come from? I was like, wait, he's at Mike Backer right now. So I look up on the video board and I watch the play again. I'm like, holy cow. He just hell bent, just straight lined it. 
through all the chaos, somehow didn't hit anybody. Found it was like it was like a path just opened up, and he just followed it, and bang! Right at the end of that path was Damian Pierce, the football, and he tagged off on him. And I thought, whoa, that was impressive. And he's done that a number of times where the speed gets there, he gets guys lined up. I'm going Henry Toa Toa. I'm going to another rookie a little bit later, unless you steal him, which you can. But I'm not telling you who it is. But Henry Toa Toa has been all kinds of impressive. I don't know what this means, whether he starts, whether just special teams, whatever. But I'll tell you this. He's making an impact on his team this year in some way, shape, or form. All right. I'm going to go next. Okay. Going to the offensive side. We can bounce around here. Okay. And I'm going to go with a familiar name, but bear with me. Damian Pierce, all right. all right, and I know, oh, the running, the running lanes haven't been there all the time without pads, with pads. It's Damian Pierce. He's going to get his. Yeah. Just wait. Lights go on. Slight sliver of daylight type hole. He runs through it and creates a bigger one and makes an impression on the defender, whoever decides to meet him, the angry run specialist, Damian Pierce. But I bring him up because I got to – feeling in this offense they're going to be throwing him the ball and I'm not saying 10 times a game Johnny but it's going to come in handy especially if you're playing a young quarterback if you know what I mean you're going to swing it out to Pierce he is going to make plays in space I know they are making well they haven't told me but I can see it with my own eyes a concerted effort to get him the ball in the passing game get him the ball so he can match up on safeties and whoever else might try to cover him on the edge and just make hay that way instead of having to pound his body between the tackles all the time like he did last year. This is going to be fun to watch Damian Pierce through the air. Okay, you won the class of 2022. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go with that same class. And I'm going with former second-round pick. I'm going to go with Jalen Petrie. I think he's playing football now at a level he didn't even approach as a rookie. I know it's training camp. I get it. That's kind of the point. We're picking our three stars at training camp. He is around the football all the time. There's no better way to put it. He reads it. He sees it. He goes. Today, there's so many plays today. And by the way, first day in pads, he's mic'd up. So we'll have the mic'd up for you, HoustonTexans.com. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I know our guys in the in the uh, – in the video department, we'll put that together. Suds and the guys up there will have something great. So it may not be today, but just be on the lookout for it. Jalen Petrie mic'd up. It's going to be awesome. It's just because it's Jalen. But they ran zone read. It's the first time I've seen the offense run a true zone read. And CJ kept it. They're down on the goal line. And CJ kept it. It's the first time I've seen it. Five days. First time I've seen them run zone read. And the defense is pretty much fooled, except for one guy. Jalen Petrie is right there. He mm. watches and eyes Stroud the whole way, locks in, and as CJ starts to run, Jalen is literally tagging off on his hip two yards deep in the backfield. I just I'm floored. But he has made every play you could possibly make. He is so in command of his game. He has become a leader. Um, I think the guys love him. I thought it was interesting being in Dallas for Big 12 Media Days. And I've known this, but to actually see it in play. When I mentioned I was with the Texans, oh, you, how's Jalen? Like, the love Baylor mm. people had for Jalen was unbelievable. And when I asked, you know, I just go there and I'm, I'm just trying to get whatever interviews I can. I know Dana Holgerson, so it's easy enough to get an interview with him. I don't know Dave Rand at all. I've never met him. But I went to the, the Baylor SID, and I met him at Pro Day. 
And I just asked them, I said, is there any way that I could get Coach Randa to talk about Jalen Petrie? Absolutely, I'll make it happen. Like, it was Jalen Petrie. It wasn't just to talk. It was getting Jalen, get him to talk about Jalen Petrie. And I asked Coach one question. He gave me five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, and we talked afterwards. He is playing at a level right now that I, I don't remember even seeing him play as a rookie. You know, he, I mean, he's a rookie. There's so many things going on. I just can't wait to see what he and Jimmy Ward are doing together. But I'm going to go Jalen Petrie. All right, my third guy. Okay. Look, we've all heard about Tank Dell, and for good reason. Tank mm-hmm. looks really good out there. We talked about his professionalism this morning. Yep. But I'm going to point to another rookie here. Oh, you're stealing my guy. Sorry. That's okay. Xavier Hutchinson has been impossible to ignore. This player has made lots of plays in camp so far. I'm yep. talking deep balls. I'm talking nice patterns. This is a player who caught 107 passes last year. He averaged almost 10 catches per game, and it wasn't like it was all short stuff. He is a player, and he's going to be one in this league. I don't know how he fits in, how many. I can't make all those predictions, but it's a no-brainer that he survives the cut, that he's on the squad, and we'll see how he fits in ultimately. I love that he and Tank are 2-3 and in the NCAA last year in receptions, and you have these – really productive guys on your team and they're showing why this is football to him. Yeah. It's a tougher level of football. There's no doubt it's a pro level, but he's out there playing football, Johnny and learning this offense and running crisp, precise routes, good hands. I love Xavier Hutchinson. Show me more Sunday one-on-ones deep ball touchdown today mills route, which is one of my favorite routes. And it's not named mills because of Davis mills. It's named Mills because it was Ernie Mills back at Florida that ran it. Florida was who started this with Spurrier. You got to dig with a post, and if they're in cover three, if the safety bites the dig, you throw the post. If he stays with the post, you throw the dig. It's perfect route against cover three, and Xavier wide open, touchdown. Now, he would not have had that touchdown if we're playing real football because my star number three, now this seems easy, but if I'm being true to it, stars in camp. We've got to mention Will Anderson Jr. Have to. He, Mark, I don't even know how to say this other than those people that were arguing, well, who's bad value after the draft? You gave him ass. You're talking in theory about assets and liabilities and things. We're talking about a dude that's going to impact this football team. It already He already has. But from the time he sets foot on the field wearing number 51 jersey in a game, Going forward, he will leave an impact on this team everything that he does. We have not had a dynamic defender like him in a long time. A long time. Let's just say that. A long time. It has been a while since we have had a guy like this. And on that throw to Hutchinson, Will beat the tackle so badly. He basically pulled him off the line, shocked him, and then immediately just yanked him to the ground ripped through it and got around him and was tagging off on a quarterback. I think it was Davis. Tagging off on the quarterback, and the quarterback still took two shuffle steps to throw the ball to Hutchinson. It would have been a definite sack. But his power, his explosiveness, whether he's playing inside or whether he's playing outside, he has just been all that in a bag of chips. Again, it's training camp. But I don't know that I've seen a guy impact from day one like where I've just looked back and go, whoa. Wow. I don't think I've ever – I'm not here. I mean, I mean, even, like, if you go back to J.J. in 2011, like, you could see J.J. could play. 
but you didn't see that impact. You didn't see the pass early. rush stuff. Yeah, you this saw, stuff this early. I mean, you saw some. Yeah. But what you saw like in training this. camp with Watt, as I recall, was him batting down everything. Right. He was able to get all the right. all those bat downs. Right. Great ball sense, ball skills, all that. And it was very notable. But the pass rush stuff came along as we got to the postseason in 2011. And what did you say about Will Anderson in, in Monday morning show? You said, this is a big day for Will in pads. We'll see what he does. Well, you saw what he did. Yeah, we saw what he did. And it was it was pretty darn impressive, no doubt. Also impressive, the General John McClain. What did he have to say this morning when we asked him about all things going on with the Texans and the NFL? We've been here for all the coaches, of course. Some coaches say a little bit less about rookies. D'Amico Ryans, he'll talk about anybody, you know, behind closed doors. He's coaching them hard. He's Bill coaching them hard. Bill O'Brien wouldn't acknowledge a rookie. Yeah. Use the drop, Ben. Rookies know nothing. And if you ask him about a player, he talk about a position. Yep. I'm doing a column on Tank, and I got a column up right now on CJ Stroud, SportsRadio610.com, and uh, I can't wait to get Tank out there. I think we've been requesting him a long time. They're worried about what he's going to say. <laughs> because he's he's pretty outspoken, he's funny, he's honest, and uh, I love. I did a column on him for Gallery Sports when we were at the uh, combine, mm-hmm. and about how much he wanted to be drafted by the Texans. And I said, well, you know, the odds are against that, but he really wanted to do it because Houston's his adopted town, and he's he's pumped. Y'all, I'm sure y'all saw those videos. His workout guru put out about him all through the off. Through the time off, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. Taking time off, like juggling he and doing work and doing the ropes, he was working his tail off. Yeah. He's the only receiver they got who's capable of scoring every time he touches the ball. And I just mm. want to see him get his hands on the ball because with his quickness, his speed, you know, his size. They list him five ten. He's five eight. He didn't, he didn't grow two inches since the combine. You never know. But he's so quick. He reminds me of like a gnat. <laughs> in a good way. General, who's going to lead the team in receptions? Uh, I think Robert Woods will. A lot of people think Dalton Schultz. I just think that Woods will have a connection off the field that he's been working on since Stroud got here, that Stroud's going to feel really comfortable with him. And it knows that in clutch situations, Tinkdale, John Medgie, uh Xavier Hutchinson, they may not be in the right spot. You know, they don't have a lot of experience. He'll know Robert Woods. If he's supposed to be 10-yard out, it'll be a 10-yard out, not a 9.5 or a 10.5. If he's supposed to cut right, he'll he'll cut right, not left. And I remember Warren Moon used to say with the Oilers, he had so many receivers that uh, would they might run it right and they might not. So he always knew Drew Hill was going to do it exactly right. And I, rem- I think about that with Robert Woods, second year removed. Mm. From that torn ECL, just turned 31. I'm really fired up about him because I heard such great things about him from the Rams and then the Titans last year, even though he was coming off that torn ACL and came back before six months. I think the Texans are going to see the best that he's got to give. General, the quarterbacks, the three of them, I said Case Keenum has kind of gone into gunslinger mode. We've seen good and bad from Davis and from C.J. How, what do you make of the three quarterbacks and how they've looked thus far? Seemingly because there's no pads on. Can't really talk about the big guys. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. The, uh, I mean, we all know Stroud's going to be the starter. And yesterday was the first time when we've asked D'Amico about him. And we've not brought up. 
He's not gone into the other quarterbacks. I told him when he came in here, we got Stroud coming. We need to ask you about Stroud. So we asked him about Stroud. He's really good talking about him. He's been talking about Will Anderson all the time like that. Mm. But Stroud, he's been careful. They want Stroud to separate themselves from Mills, and he's getting there. And so D'Amico, what he said about him was impressive in every way. And uh, Stroud missed. Everybody misses passes. I see a lot of – I look at – I look around the league, and if some quarterback highly rated has a bad throw, the media acts like he's not going to be any good. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of them are going to have bad throws. And they don't care. They want, What they want to see, Gerard Johnson and uh, Bobby Slowick and D'Amico, is what does he do on the next one? How does he bounce back from an interception? And there's nothing not to like about Stroud. He was so impressive at the podium yesterday. I watched him while he was waiting going around to families. I was told at a team function weeks ago that he made it, went around every table where there were players and families and introduced himself to the kids, talked to them. That's one of the ways you build up leadership behind the scenes. Well, we're all eager to see how it all plays out here. But as I watch this camp, we talked to Eric Murray about it. We'll hear that conversation later. And we asked him about all the 11-on-11 work and very few 7-on-7s. I think there's maybe been one. I give Four days of practice, yeah, I can't keep track day. of it all. It? But he said you don't get any better at football unless you're playing football. So that's what they're trying to do, play football. And Sean and Seth were talking about it this morning as well. Pocket collapsing. They want to make things uncomfortable. What are your thoughts on that as they try to simulate real game-time conditions as much as they can? you got two new coaches who are going to call plays, Bobby Sloick and D'Amico Ryan's. They've installed their systems, so you're not gonna you're not gonna see what everybody can do when you're doing seven on seven. You need to do full teams on both sides of the ball. You've got to see who's making the mental mistakes. You know, every player can't be coached the same. Bobby Sloick knows that. Something that I I'm, we're going to interview the coordinators tomorrow, I believe. I can't wait to ask Sloick because I've seen this in all my years covering the NFL. A lot of first-time coordinators want to make it too complicated. They want to come in and, and show everybody, man, I'm really smart. Mm-hmm. They may, The key is you can have a 10-inch thick playbook, but the key is to reduce it till you know each player can do what's required of him. And I'm assuming Bobby's around Kyle Shanahan long enough, nine years, that he knows that. Kyle's got a complicated system, and we're not going to know, but it's not going to be the same system. You know Bobby Sloak's been thinking now. If I if I get to call plays, I'm going to do this with that with that position. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that, and so we're not going to know unless you watch all the 49ers and now you watch Texans. But even Stroud mentioned yesterday his nuances, Slowick's nuances that he's putting in there. So I think that's one reason we see that so much is they got to look at the whole picture, and that's why those joint practices are going to be so good for the coaches. You know, Matt Burke knew coming in here, D'Amico's going to call the defenses. D'Amico did a great job the last two years. Why would he not do it? Eventually, he may turn it over to Matt. Matt fixing the game plan. He doesn't mind telling D'Amico something he thinks or if he disagrees. D'Amico can handle it. That's the point of being a good coach. So uh, it makes it better out here to watch them in 11-11. Week two. Texans play here, home opener against the Indianapolis Colts. General, will Jonathan Taylor be wearing number 28 for the Colts in that football game? 
Well, they got a really ugly situation there, and that's too bad, right? And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's coming off them. his worst Boo-hoo. season, and it's last year of his contract was his second-round pick. He wants an extension. They know they could franchise him for two more years, so he has no leverage. Yep. There's thinking about putting him on non-football injury because they say he told him he had a back injury. He said he never said that. One Ooh, of the things wow. you worry about, they're not going to trade him. Who's going to give him $16 million a year? Nope. Nobody. Right. So he better stay there, play his tail off, have the kind of year he had two years ago. He's still not going anywhere. Then they're going to franchise him. It's, it's a tough situation once you figure it out and your agent tells you you got no leverage. If you sit out, he's on his rookie contract, so he can't be fined 50000 a day like a veteran, like, say, Nick Bosa is. And you can't forgive. Remember when Dwayne Brown missed all those checks? And yep. Didn't he lose, like, 2 to $4 million sitting yeah. out? Yeah, and even though he got paid by the Seahawks. The next year. But, but I don't think he ever made back that money. I don't money. either. I he would have been better off just sticking it out. Had he stayed here. Then Rick Smith would have given him an extension with one year left, sure. which was his philosophy. I would have changed the course of franchise history. Yes, maybe. it would have. And so, I don't. It's easy for guys to talk now. Let's see who has the footballs to miss regular season games when you're mm-hmm. missing your game checks. And he's on a rookie contract anyway. Key is, can he be healthy? Yeah. So, answer your question. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah I agree. He'll be out I think there. So too. He's got to be out there. I was texting with some Indianapolis people this morning, and they were like, yep, there's no shortage of drama. <laughs> so. Jim Ursay didn't help at all. Nope. You know, Jim shouldn't be just shouldn't be texting. He shouldn't be talking to the media constantly. It's great for the media. But that quote he had where if he and Taylor died the next day, oh, NFL wouldn't change. <laughs> It'd still be My the gosh. same. You know, what? what's he thinking on stuff like that? And Chris Ballard who's been very positive about every kind of drama they have there. All of a sudden, he's talking about it. It makes me think, Ursay's talked to Ballard and say, look, this is the message we want to put out. Right. And it's not good. No. He should be praising the heck out of him every day. If I made you czar of the NFL, you could change even the CBA. What would you do for the running backs or about the running back you situation? You wouldn't do anything about the running backs. Why should they do something for the running backs? You know, you'd like to see quarterbacks make not make – 50 million a year you know that's that's one thing eventually will quarterbacks who get that kind of money not play well enough to earn it and then they'll think twice about it problem is the franchise tags for quarterbacks are astronomical right and uh so i don't ever see anything being done for a specific position but i don't blame running backs when you see a tight end who's barely beat better and mediocre getting more than you i wish they would reduce the compensation needed to yeah. obtain a franchise tagged player match it to the salary yeah that match would it to the salary nice. let them be all be free agents after three years and then if you franchise them two that's five they still got some years left you know used to i saw the other day and ladanian thomason ran for 1800 yards in his eighth year this now they think and he carried the ball a whole lot more than they do today that it they're freaking out if a player's going into his Eighth season. There's a lot of running backs who played well in their eighth, ninth, tenth seasons, but now they act like they're ready for the old folks' home. Well, this is what I said to Mark the other day. Well, I can't remember if I said it to Mark or I was talking about it. Oh, I was up in Buffalo. I was talking about it. That's what it was. They asked me. I said, learn how to catch passes. If you can't catch a pass, then 
you're really no good. You're a two-down player. But if you show that you can be a competent receiver and you can play on all three downs and you can be on, you could be out there on third down without having played on first and second down, getting a break on the sideline and then still be effective, you can go out there and you can be a factor. There's no question about that. I haven't heard this from the coaches, but based on what you see out here, which is for the world to see, I think Damian Pierce is going to catch some passes yes. this year and be a big factor That's in true. that part of the game as opposed to last year. Better not be on year. third down. Why not, General? Because why do you want to overwork him? Well, I don't want to overwork him. 17 games. But here's the thing. Why would you get Singletary? Oh, no, I love Singletary, but let's just see how it all works out. Because if Pierce is better with the ball in his hands than anybody else, then on key third downs, I don't mind him being out there because even as a decoy, he's valuable. This is is always my take about Derrick Henry not being in the game on third down. You're taking away a huge weapon that the defense must be concerned about. They've got to be concerned about a handoff to Derrick Henry on third and six. But hold on. You don't have to hand the ball to Damian Pierce on first and second down. Yeah. You know what? You could still give him 45 plays in a game, and you could still give him 20 touches. Yeah. But you don't have to hammer him 20 touches between the Here, tackles. I'd give him the ball, throw him the ball sometimes on first down, and hope he can get because his average per catch last year was terrible. But if he could do that, that was last year. Yeah, if that was last year in a different offense and with quarterback play. No, he knows that. If he can get, if he could get five yards a catch on first down, that'd be pretty darn good. Right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And it takes him away from all the big hits from the big linemen. You know, he also looks for contact. Well, that's and it's not going to change. That's part of yeah. But I'd much rather him look for contact against a 200-pound safety than a 300-pound Dexter Lawrence. Or they need to get him to think about when he's on the sideline. If he can't get another yard, duck out. Just go out of bounds. General, I know you were on Friday. You were on Friday afternoon with uh, Ron and Clint, I right? I was every Friday. But I don't know when the Sean Payton apology was. So just give us your take on the Sean Payton in air quotes apology. I see all these people acting like he's a genius. It was said for a reason. It was meant for Russell Wilson. Well, why not just come out and say Russell's great? I think that game, the fifth game of the year, my goodness, mm. the interest about that. I don't know what he was thinking. He's being kind of a jerk, and he's been that way before. And uh, I bet the Jets just pound them into oblivion. Rodgers will probably throw a touchdown pass on the last play, and then afterwards, run it up. They will, they will, they will rub it in. Yeah. And you know the thing is about Hackett, he never called plays in Green Bay. Matt Lafleur yeah. calls plays in Green Bay. Yeah. And I hear people talking about what a great coordinator he is. To be a great coordinator, don't you have to call plays? I think you could be effective in a non-play calling role for sure. Sean Payton had a lot of those guys with the Saints. Um, we saw that here in Houston. You know, I thought Tim Keller was a good coordinator before he started calling plays. Um, but, yeah, I think John's right. you you got to call plays um, to be considered as such, I would think, across the board. So, good stuff with John McClain. Also good stuff with Eric Murray. We'll have him next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. A reminder, tomorrow morning, 8 to 10, well, that's Mark and I at Texas Training Camp Live. But right out the shoot, tomorrow morning, Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans with me and Mark. It's going to be awesome. 8 o'clock, right out the gate. D'Amico Ryans with me and Mark. That will be awesome. One of the guys that D'Amico Ryans is helping on the defensive side of the ball is a guy who's been here since 2020, now his fourth year, one of the longest tenured Texans here, and that's Eric Murray. We've had a great time getting to know Eric over the years, and we had a great time chatting with him on Sunday after the workout. 
What does it mean to you to see all these fans out here? You guys get a little extra buzz from this? Mm -hmm. Definitely. We definitely get a pick-me-up uh, from the fans being out here and how hot it is. So I definitely commend them for coming out and, you know, braving the hot weather with us. But uh, it's, it's lovely, man. A lot of camaraderie out here. Eric, I, f I think about you and John Grenard and Charlie Heck a, a lot during these times because you guys got here in 2020. Yeah. And I thought about I was talking to somebody earlier about the COVID practices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's, like, none of this. There was nothing. How did you guys get through that? Where did your juice come from to get you through with no fans, nothing to kind of get you through? It was just crazy because we would come in, and you really was only here for about, like, three hours a day. Yeah. So, like, most of the time we were doing Zoom meetings at home. You just pop in, work, and then you leave. So, I mean, not being here as much kind of did help us get through it a lot. Uh, but I'm definitely I'm glad to be back and glad to have the atmosphere. Yeah. So what are you working on as a defense here to get adjusted to this new system? How does it differ for you guys? Uh, it's way more communication. Uh, okay. Last year, we didn't have as much communication. It was kind of like plug and play. So uh, being able to communicate with your teammates and, and let them know what's going on, um, I think it'll be a, a way bigger help, and it's a bigger adjustment, but it'll help us in the long run. So no pads today. When the pads go on, how much talking is there amongst the DBs and wide receivers about when pads go on, or is that not much a thing between DBs and wide receivers? Uh, it's not much a thing, but I think – we work with each other every day, so yeah. it's kind of like an unspoken rule. Like, you know, like, when certain things go on without the pads, you're like, okay, if I had pads on, this wouldn't happen, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's known. It's known. We don't have to talk about it. All right. Eric Murray joining us. Hey, you were in Kansas City when Mahomes was picked, mm -hmm. and he sat for that first year. What was all that like watching that transition take place? Alex Smith's still a very good quarterback. Mm -hmm. You guys had a good year. What was that like, Eric? Uh, it was just for him. Um, just sitting back and being able to learn, I think that really helped him uh, mature and grow to what he is now. Like, not being, ha not having to go in there and, like, be the guy, I think really uh, helped him really get a year under his belt and hit the ground running. All so, right, Eric, we'll make you put the scouting report hat on and go the other side of the ball. What you've seen from the wide receivers. What have you seen from that group? Because you're obviously facing them. You know your room pretty well, and we actually know the room pretty well, too. You know, mm -hmm. we know uh, MJ. I talked to him the other day. We know Jalen and Jimmy. We know, you know your room. What about the wide receivers? What have you seen from the wide receivers thus far throughout camp? No pads, obviously, mm -hmm. but what have you seen from that group? Uh, a lot of shiftiness, a lot of speed. They run a different type of routes. Um, so I think those routes uh, cater to their skill sets more. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a good year, man. I think we got some good skill players, and they're they going to be able to showcase what they got. Seems to me that there's a lot more 11-on-11 in this camp than previous camps. Mm -hmm. Less 7-on-7, seven seven, a lot of team periods. Mm -hmm. How do you see it, and how, what do you think of it? I mean, you only get better at football by playing football. So mm. I think that's a, that's a good thing, and that's a good sign and that, uh, that we're going in the right direction. Play a lot of football, get better. So we've been kind of watching over here, Eric. It feels like it's just two of us. feels like you guys spent a lot of time in your, your offensive defense, but in particular your defense, defensive walkthroughs, going through different checks, going through all things. Mm -hmm. And it feels like there aren't many mental errors as you're watching. There always are that we can't see, but yeah. it just feels like – to two guys who watch a lot of football, it feels like the mental errors have been very few and far between. And mm -hmm. it feels like because you've been doing that work that that's a major part of that. you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like I said, it goes back to the communication. And when you communicate on these specific sets, you're going to get a specific play. So when you know exactly what's coming from that specific set, you ever, you're going to be more well prepared to guard it. And uh, I think that's why you're you know, seeing what you described. So Jonathan Joseph is spending camp mm -hmm. with the team. Have you spent much time with him, heard from him much? Yeah, he's been around with the DBs every day, learning safety and corners. Um, so he's been giving us a lot of tidbits of information, and we definitely lean on him.
Very so nice. You don't have – you got to – I mean, Brandon Hill's in the backfield. I'm trying to think if there are any other rookies you got back there. But what do you got the rookie? What do you got the rookies doing for you guys as vets? I mean, you got to have a little bit yeah. of that. The rookies got to get indoctrinated in some way, shape, or form. What you got them doing? Is it more snacks and food? Yeah, it's just it's just snacks right now. We made them go get probably about like a pound of snacks yesterday. <laughs> so he set them all up real nicely for us in the in the uh, in the meeting room. So that was his first initiation. He passed the first test. That goes a long way with the vets, does it not? Yeah, it definitely does. You don't want to you don't want to make the vets mad. <laughs> well, you've been at it for a while now, Eric. How do you get through training camp better these days than you did as a younger player? Man, when I was younger, it was go go go. Now it's like you get older, you just got to pick your spots. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'm going right here. I can taper it down back here, but it just never really gets easier. Training camp always a grind, so training camp is always <laughs> Eric, I think back to playing, and I think back to whenever I heard training camp, I just had this, like, <sighs> like you just have that, like, it's exciting to a degree. Yeah. Like, for the fans, they love it. But when, yes, players, it's like, uh, hey, we just got to get through it, man. Yeah, you wake up, it's another day. It's like, man, I got to just put it on and go one more time. So with your day off, what do you guys do on your day off? Like, what, what do you try to get accomplished on a day uh, off? At least some type of recovery. Like yesterday, I did, like, some restorative yoga, some breathing exercises and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Took a magnesium bath. And then just, you know, spend time with my kids. But at least some type of recovery and then just family time after that. What is it like when you transition from playing safety to working with Frank Ross and that group? Because it's almost a different sport at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still football. It's still yeah. running, blocking, tackling. Uh, and that's all a part of the game. So, I mean, all the special teams players, that's where the real football players are. Yeah. So that's where you do it. Is he, is, losing his, is he losing his voice already? Every day. Every day. Uh, yeah. I talked to him in the hallway, yeah. and I couldn't it's believe it. Mid-season form. You don't even have pads on it. He's lost the voice already. Yeah, <laughs> he's a really intense guy. Okay, I want to go back. You mentioned a magnesium bath? Yep, yep. Okay. Pure magnesium. Hold up. Yep. What is a magnesium bath? So, you know, we need magnesium for the body to thrive and for it to operate correctly. So I just go get a bath, right? Pour the magnesium salts in the bath, probably about like two cups of it, and just soak for about 20, 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. And that helps everything That's come like, back? Yeah, relax the muscles and stuff like that. A lot of people use cold therapy. I like hot therapy, you know, get a good sweat going, get the, the muscles pliable, and keep it, keep it like that. Is that like a new school Epsom salt sort of thing? Epsom is a mix of salts, but okay. the magnesium is pure, purely magnesium. Okay. What yeah. about the yoga? How long have you been doing that? Uh, just sparingly. I got that mirror uh, from Lululemon at oh, home. Yeah. So, you know, you could just do the little classes at home. I did it, just do it at home. Oh, so they do the lesson on the mirror yep. and you just do it with yep. that? Yep. yep. How have you, how is that, how is that, how long have you been doing that? How do you see that helping you? Uh, just keep you more pliable the older you get, man. It's like amongst football players, you say, I've been playing eight years, nine years. They're like, man. And yep. most, you know, the first thing that comes to their mind is like, I hope my body can hold up. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like the biggest thing. So your mind always going to keep learning and growing, but your body just needs to be able to kind of keep a good pace. Yep. Eric, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. No problem. Thank you. There he is, Eric Murray. Had a good time talking with him. All right, we got stories galore going on in the NFL. So let's go around the league next right here on Texans All Access. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm John Harris, your host. Glad to be with you this evening. Yeah, I shouldn't sing. It's been a long day, so I'm a little, little loopy. Day started way earlier today, so it's about my bedtime right now, you would think. But hammering through on this edition of Texans All Access, a reminder, tomorrow, 8 a.m., 
right out of the chute. Mark and I will probably say hi to each other, and then we're going to throw it right to D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans joining me and Mark exclusive one-on-one, two-on-one, however you want to look at it. Uh, tomorrow with D'Amico Ryans at 8 a.m. Be there. You should be there every day during training camp in particular um, because that's when Mark and I take over at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Even outside of 8 a.m., you should be listening to Sports Radio 610, Sean and Seth, every day, followed up by uh, Landry and John. They were out at the uh, uh, practice center, practice facility today, and I think that's what they're going to do each and every practice. Today they had Will Anderson Jr. How about that? Will Anderson Jr. joined Landry and John, so good stuff. All right, let's get some news around the league. Two injuries. Uh, One, ew, boy. It's just been nasty in Indianapolis, but kind of their own doing in some sense. Jonathan Taylor, if you followed it, we talked about that with John McClain. The situation in Indianapolis has not gotten any better for the fourth-year running back, Jonathan Taylor. He continues to sit. There's talk about his back injury. He said he never said anything. He said, y'all need to get new sources. Well, where do you think, what source do you think that was? It's probably hearsay. So anyway, crazy stuff going on in Indianapolis. Don't know or have any clue when Jonathan Taylor will be available to, to play. Or want to play. Or I, I don't know. It, it's just confusing. The man wants to play. But everybody wants to be compensated for their value. And that's what the running backs are kind of feeling themselves. And there's really nothing they can do unfortunately. Now, it gets more complicated when you bring in the fact that they might put him on the NFI list. If they put him on the NFI list, his contract tolls at 2024. That's a leverage play. My guess is that the Colts are floating out there to say, hey, JT, you really have no option. If you're healthy, let's go because you've really got no option. So we'll see how this standoff sits in Indianapolis, but it's not getting any better because Zach Moss, who we saw in Week 18 last year, killed us, really, suffers a broken arm. He is now out six weeks. This is about six weeks. So if you're doing the math, four weeks is approximately end of September. Two weeks later, right around that time, we'll be playing the Houston Texans, so we'll see if Zach Moss will make it back. I agree with John. And, Mark, we talked about this. I think Jonathan Taylor will come back. But that is this is just not good news. Right now, the Colts running backs in camp are Jake Funk, Deion Jackson, who we've seen a little bit, Evan Hull, the, the rookie from Northwestern. Uh, that's not a great room. I mean, think about, think about the Texas running backs. I mean, I think Texas running backs beyond our top two are actually – you know, have some experience. I think they're more than decent. I think they're very good. Um, and I probably think the Colts fans look at it and go, hey, you know, there's Evan Hall, rookie from Northwestern. Let's see what he's got. But what if the Texans didn't have Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary? I mean, everybody would be like, whoa. Yeah, well, that's kind of what the, the Colts are looking at right here. No Zach Moss for six weeks. We'll see if that expediate, expediates the Jonathan Taylor situation or not. Another injury that's a big one. Wide receiver Tim Patrick of the Broncos had just gotten back to the Broncos after a torn ACL last year. In practice, tears his Achilles tendon. I mean, that, that the, the luck 
or lack thereof is just ridiculous. Tim Patrick, uh, never really the number one guy, um, but very involved in the offense, you know, reliable. You know, he's kind of the, the Broncos version of what Chris Moore was for the Texans the last couple of years. When you needed him, you got him. Um, but Tim Patrick, last year ACL, this week, or this year, Achilles tendon. But that's not all in Broncos land. The Broncos plan to waive K.J. Hamler, former Penn State third-round pick, I believe he was, with a non-football illness designation. Apparently, he's got perio- periochitis. Perio- I can't pronounce it, but he's got a heart issue. But it's not a long-term heart issue. He could be back. They're waving him, letting him essentially get treatment and do everything he needs to do. But he will be able to come back and play. That is if, obviously, at this point, somebody will give him uh, an opportunity. That is going to be, be tough. Perio, periocarditis. Periocarditis. And I shouldn't even try and pronounce that. I'm too tired to do that. Either way, it's a mild heart irritation is what it is. It says chest was hurting during workouts. He later got diagnosed and was and found out after he got it checked. It doesn't appear that it'll be a long-term thing for Hamler, but uh, thoughts go out to him because we know we we man, we know what that can turn into and, and how that goes. You gotta get yourself healthy before you can get back on the field. So hopefully he's able to do that. All right, that's gonna do it for the show. Big thanks to Mark to John McClain, to Eric Murray, to all of you for listening. 8 o'clock, where are you going to be? Right here. Miko Ryan's on with Mark and myself. Make sure you check that out. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.